Hello and welcome to the Consumer Goods Forum End-to-End Value Chain Podcast. My name is Joelle Mbouya-Leclerc and I work in the communications team. And in this podcast series, we hear industry insights from experts working towards collaborative solutions that benefit the entire value chain. And for this episode of the podcast, I am very pleased to welcome Rajesh Ray, Associate Partner at IBM India, who is a regular guest on our podcast series. And today we'll be chatting all about sustainability in the consumer goods industry. So hello, welcome back Rajesh. Very nice to hear from you again. Thanks Joel, thanks for inviting me. Great Rajesh, so I understand that you've taken on a kind of new dimension of your role at IBM India and you're dealing more with the topic of sustainability in the consumer goods industry. So you'd be very well placed to take us, to take a deep dive into this topic. So let's jump right in. So Rajesh, just to kick off our discussion today, if you, you know, could kind of identify, you know, top priorities from a sustainability perspective for the consumer goods industry at the moment, what would you say these top priorities are? Uh, thanks, Joel. I think it's a very relevant question. Uh, well, there are many priorities in terms of sustainability in consumer goods industry. I will uh, rank the top three as you as you asked me. And the first one will be definitely net zero. I think you are hearing every day in different news channels that leading consumer goods companies want to become net zero by year 2025, someone is by 2030. Now this need understanding of carbon and greenhouse gas impact, not only of companies direct supply chain, but also of their extended supply chain, uh, which is often not easy as most companies do not have system in place to do this especially for extended supply chain. Mm. Uh, For example, I was uh, recently worked with a large food company which is trying to understand their carbon and greenhouse gas impact. And uh, they realized that coffee farming, actually their farm is one of their quite carbon intensive operations. However, that their in-house ERP system uh, capture all the data within the organization but do not cover farming operations of their supplier. So they do not have sufficient data to assess the carbon impact of the operation. So obviously ERP alone does not give you that capability to do the carbon impact assessment, but they don't have any data relevant for, uh, you know, from their suppliers, which help them to understand what is the impact uh, on the extended supply chain. So that's first net zero. Mm-hmm. The second one I will talk about is reducing the risk. Now, a lot of of times sustainability is equated with carbon impact, which is not, because at the end of the day, if you define sustainable, means they need to, if they remain to, if they want to remain in business, a company, they need to ensure that the risks are mitigated. Now, the risk can be in different forms in terms of supplier and inputs, then managing climate risk, managing compliance risk, Etc. Etc. And as you know, that in terms of the current COVID, had forced many companies to look at supply chain risk much more seriously. Uh, and essentially, for you know, if it is an essential item, just just look at for essential item like then groceries and and food, etc. There was no challenge in demand in consumer goods companies because you know company actually people had stockpiled that the demand was much more than what it is usual. 
but goods could not be produced as there was not enough raw materials so uh, many for many times we had seen that many manufacturing companies had never bothered to know about who their tire two or tire three supplier is because they were only dealing with their direct suppliers uh, some of the consumer electronics companies i talked to it uh, they who were worst affected worst affected during this uh, covid uh not because their tire one or direct suppliers failed to deliver them the products because more the tire one suppliers were still running their factories but the tire two supply suppliers who were supplying them components uh, and and they were mostly located in some selected countries and geography they could not supply and that's why the supply chain has broken and um, and and that was the effect which you had seen in the first wave of covid relatively less in the second wave but uh, but you know uh, we don't know as people are talking about new variants um, of the um, uh, virus what will happen in the next wave so understanding this country and geographic concentration of supply understanding how much percentage of suppliers of critical raw materials are from selected country or selected geography how we can mitigate that risk so relook relooking at the entire supply chain and reducing risk for it i think is increasingly also becoming very important for consumer goods companies and the third one which i will talk about is design for sustainability both in terms of product and process now now this is a very big topic because this covers a variety of things now when you talk about design sustainable products it brings a whole new topics of how we can use alternate packaging materials beyond plastic how we can use circular use of materials the same materials can be reused or at least a good percentage of it can be reused uh, so that's more from the uh, design of sustainable product but design of sustainable process again it's a bigger topic as it is designing of the manufacturing process that consumes less energy redesign supply chain and logistics process designing new evaluation framework for suppliers because they need to be incentivized you know if you want them to behave in a sustainable way um and a leading consumer goods company for a manufacturer are uh, of confectionaries that that I'm recently uh, talking with they are planning to redesign their secondary and transit packaging design based on transit condition and season so you know uh suppose the material will travel uh, in truck from point a to point b and we do lot of transit packaging where the where this all this transit packaging is thrown out as soon as the materials reach point b and and that that's not only costs money to the company uh, but are there ways uh, there is a problem of how we dispose it effectively so this company is really looking at how they can use sustainable packaging material for their transit and secondary pack packaging which will reduce cost and also solve the challenge of dumping this transit package packaging material once the material reaches their destination so i think design of this sustainability in terms of product and process that's also equally important so i'll rank these three net zero reducing risk and design for sustainable product and process these three as top priorities for consumer goods industry
Great, thanks, thanks, Rajesh, and you know, thank you also for giving that context of the different challenges that now um, have arised with the pandemic, for example, as it relates to reducing risk and and obviously the, the, the net zero desire for, for, for companies and sustainability in the design of products and processes, um, which is a key topic here at the Consumer Goods Forum. So you've spoken about the these top three priorities, net zero, reducing risk and sustainability design for product and process in the industry at the moment. So what would you say, if, if you've got a few drivers of sustainability for the industry, what would you say these key drivers at the moment are? Thanks. Thanks, Jorval. I think it's a very relevant question. So as you know, that sustainability was probably not in the hot seat, uh, say, five years back, but it has really taken the hot seat now. Uh, for for companies across the world, especially in consumer goods industry, and and I see there are few major drivers. The first one is obviously laws and government regulations, uh, and and government is working in both direction, both by punishing non-sustainable beha behaviors and incentivize uh, sustainable behaviors. Uh, so, good example of there is is carbon tax. So as you know, a national carbon tax is implemented in 25 countries by OECD. Uh, though there are a lot of politics around this, this is surely going to change behavior. In the same way, there are incentives for being carbon neutral that is getting announced in certain industries in certain countries and countries. Another dimension of it is like traceability of input raw material is becoming a legal requirement in industries like food and pharma and definitely food affects us because that's a part of bigger part of consumer goods industry uh, section 204 of fda food safety modernization act is coming up with more stringent guidelines that what raw materials we are using in packaged foods and uh, to ensure that you are sourcing it from right sources and there is a traceability across. So one big driver are, is all these laws and government regulations. The second one which I want to talk about is change in consumption consumption pattern. A good example of this is that check out the rate at which alternate protein or alternate meat companies like impossible food is growing. It's almost growing in three digit. This is one of the fastest growing food segment in consumer goods industry. And this is solely driven by health and wellness factor, popularity of vegetarian dishes, local sterile food, etc. Now, as you all know, the production of plant protein is much sustainable operation compared to animal protein in terms of energy and natural resource consumption. So this change in consumption pattern, like moving, moving from protein to alternate protein is a big change, which is driving sustainability. Though this is a small market now, all analysts believe that this is a market which is going to grow. There are many, many such examples, but I have just taken one of it uh, for the sake of time. The third one is impact on brand and company images. So as I was telling at the beginning that, you know, government is punishing and incentivize sustainable behavior, but the major move in sustainability happened in recent years because consumers are picking up brands which are more sustainable and the companies which have a more positive image in terms of sustainability. I just look at India. In India, in last two years, 
there are 30 mutual fund schemes which came up and they are with ESG theme. Now, environment, social and governance. And now, now that shows investment is flowing to companies who have positive ESG themes, who have a positive brand image in terms of ESG. Now, many brands want to associate themselves with sustainable lifestyle themes like health, wellness, hygiene, they're doing something good for society, et cetera, et cetera. And that's also is a big impact, which is driving sustainability because that's, that's creating new image for your company, for your brand uh, and, and whatever you bring to the market. Last one I should uh, talk about is doing more with less. Now, a lot of people believe that anything sustainable means that it will become costly. I can't afford it. But if you just go to the fundamental uh, you know, concept of sustainability, now that means, and the concept of circular economy, which is talks about doing more with less. That means theoretically going by the principle in long term, cost should actually be reduced. And if cost gets reduced, that means growth will happen. We also need to remember that if sustainable product varieties is much costlier than the normal one, then that this will be always a very, very small niche market for people who can afford it. Now, as the COVID had really divided our society into splungers and strugglers, strugglers can't afford if the sustainable product comes at higher price. They will not uh, mind buying probably the products which is non-sustainable because it is cheaper, because they don't have probably uh, affordability to have it. So these necessitates that focus for sustainability that is doing more with less is of very high importance. So I think that's what I want to summarize with these four points. One is that laws and government regulations will drive sustainability because companies have to do it because government will want them to behave in such a way. Second is change in consumption pattern. If people wants to buy more sustainable products, then definitely that will drive consumer goods companies to produce more of such products because simply there is a more consumer demand for it. Third is that impact on brand and image because if it is a positive impact, that means there will be more funding coming to these companies. People will pick up more of their products and that will drive sustainability. And, fund, and finally, uh, sustainable products need not be very expensive. So we need to go, go back to that fundamental principle of circular economy. If we can really do more with less, that means in long term, sustainable, sustainable, any sustainable alternative should not be very costly, should not be very expensive. And if it is not expensive, then obviously that will also drive consumption and growth for consumer goods companies. So I think these are four major drivers for sustainability for consumer goods industry. Great, thanks Rajesh, that was very insightful. Thank you very much for detailing those, those four drivers um, that you have just mentioned. And so now, you know, if we take it back maybe to the, to the core of this podcast, we talk all about tech, we talk about um, all the kind of new technologies driving industry collaborations today. And so how would you say that technology can help a company's sustainability drive? Correct. 
thanks, Joel. Again, very relevant question. And as as I come from a technology company, uh, that's one of our biggest uh, uh, biggest value add. What we are what we are always thinking: how we can drive the company's sustainability journey more and more uh, with technology. Now, there are many ways in which technology can help. But again, I will I will be restricting to four examples. The first one, I think, the starting point is to get enough data from your internal and extended supply chain to understand where you are. Because if you don't have data, you don't know what is your starting point. And as we are seeing nowadays, you know, a lot of companies that they're trying to find out their just to start with their carbon and greenhouse gas footprint and trying to assess where they are, one of the biggest challenges to get data. And uh, and many companies, as I was telling you earlier, that found some roundabout way to get the data for, from their internal supply chain or the different systems what they are having uh, within their organization. But the getting data outside from their supply chain, like, you know, getting data from the suppliers or distributors or logistics service providers, that has become a big, big challenge. And some of these operations are um, in many cases uh, quite carbon intensive, like you know, transport operation, because mostly consumer goods companies outsource to logistics service providers. That's a quite uh, carbon intensive operation. So that's the first challenge is where technology can play a big role is to help companies get data from their su supply chain and also from their extended supply chain so that, so that they can do an honest assessment at the first place that where they are in this, uh, what is their starting point for this sustainable journey? But without, because without data, the next step cannot be taken. That's first. Second is that how we can use this exponential technologies, like say internet of things, sensor data, et cetera, to design intelligent manufacturing, intelligent farming, intelligent logistics processes. Now, I'll just give you some example. Like IoT plays, or Internet of Things, plays a big role today in designing energy efficient and carbon optimized processes. Like because they take data from sensors, they find out where the energy consumptions and how it is happening, understanding that energy train, and make the, make the assets, that means make the machines and the processes more energy efficient. Nowadays, probably we'll see that most of the consumer electronics products, like if you buy a refrigerator or an air conditioner, it comes up with an energy rating um, because it tells you in the upfront that how much energy consumption will happen. So um, it, is, it is designing that uh, more efficient, products which are energy efficient and also the manufacturing process which is more energy efficient their internet of things can play a big role uh, just as an example uh, a leading winery with, with which we are working that's based at california is now leveraging cloud technology to analyze weather and remote sensor data to deliver precise amount of water to each wine and optimizing growth so you know they are really conserving on their water consumption and to ensure that uh, they monitor it with advanced technology like remote sensing data. Third one I want to talk about is using blockchain 
for source authenticating authentication and responsible sourcing uh, technology is again playing a big role here to ensure that you have only genuine products in your supply chain no illicit trade um, because our your source of raw materials are authenticated to ensure that your products are really genuine as i was telling you uh, as compliance uh, from the fda and other government bodies are, are increasingly important for companies um, uh, in food industry and certain other parts of supply chain mm, so that their blockchain can make a big difference uh, just as an example a large producer of olive oil in the southern mediterranean uh, uses blockchain technology to provide traceability for the company's extra virgin olive oil across eight quality assurance checkpoints from olive tree to retailer and back because this is an extra virgin olive oil company charges little higher than normal and they need to ensure that what they are claiming as extra virgin olive oil is really the same only way they can do it is that they authenticate their source of supply and throughout the supply chain processes they ensure that the product is of right quality and the right product is in their supply chain and they are using blockchain to track all the transactions in the supply chain to authenticate that last one which i will talk about is using analytics to design sustainable supply chain so leading companies are using analytics to assess supply chain risk climate risk and develop models for better productivity again as an example a leading food manufacturer is using granular resolution of historical weather data and satellite data that is accurate within 250 meters to build intricate models and understand crop production and land utilization for more sustainable farming what we call as sustainable farming or smart farming so we had not seen much of this say few years back using this advanced technologies uh, really into different domains supply chain to make their operations more sustainable so i think these are the four good examples where technology is making a difference uh, there are tons of other examples possible but you all know that there is a limited time in this podcast and i think i will uh, leave with that thoughts that uh, these are few just few examples and uh, every consumer goods company will probably find a new use case that how they can use technology uh, for making their operations more sustainable rajesh thank you very much as always very detailed very insightful and sharing these key nuggets that are critical for our industry members and our CGF membership to know today. So thank you very much, Rajesh, for sharing those insights. And uh, before, we, before we say goodbye to you, Rajesh, um, is there anything else you'd like to share with, uh, with our listeners? And by now, I'm sure they're quite familiar with where to get a hold of you, but do you have any final words or, or last messages for them? Uh, yes, I think my... Uh email id uh, etc are available with cgf so if anyone wants to uh, set any detail uh, you can always reach out to me through mail i am available on linkedin so you can always contact me on on linkedin and this is an area 
where I'm very happy to discuss with all our uh, CGF uh, companies who are presenting CGF or the people who are hearing this um, uh, broadcast in future, who will be hearing this broadcast. And I'll be very happy to take discussion further. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Rajesh, once again for your insights. And we hope that we'll hear from you again soon. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Joel, for the session. Great. And thank you very much to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of the End to End Value Chain Podcast. And please be sure to catch the next one. And of course, in the meantime, for more information about the End to End Value Chain Initiative, please visit www.tcgfvaluechain.com.